everyone and welcome to this edition of Parley the Hindu's podcast and this episode we will be discussing the new agnipath scheme announced by the government which fundamentally transforms the recruitment of soldiers sailors and airmen into the three services this will replace the existing system of permanent regular cadre and the agnivirs as they be called will be employed for a bit of four years after which they'll get a certain amount of money and will be shown avenues to get back to the civil life and of of the one batch of agnivirs about up to 25% will be there will be an option to appear once again for a regular cadre recruitment and about up to 25% will be recruited for the same this is what has been the case and scheme which has generated a lot of debate and things have taken a violent turn with youth protesting and you know the protests in some places have taken a violent turn across the country so we have to discuss this and you know understand the nuances of this issue and how this is going to impact the rank and file services we have two experts with us very well known experts with us uh, lieutenant general huda ds huda former northern army commander and air vice marshal manmohan bahadur who was uh, retired and who was also the recently the additional director of the air force think tank center for air force studies welcome general huda and welcome avm bahadur uh, to start you. with huda i'll put the first question to you can you just give up a, a broad overview of the scheme as an expert you know to put things in context because there has been lot of observations concerns and apprehensions a whole range of things coming out Yeah, Dinkar. As you said, you know there has been a lot of discussion and debate over this Agnipath scheme. So let me just try and take a very dispassionate view and look at both sides. Just uh, like any scheme has its advantages, and there are also concerns. And let me just try and very briefly cover both these areas. Uh, the advantages, as have been brought out by the government and the uh, military leadership, uh, you know they've been talking about a younger military in the army. They're talking about average age is going down from 32 to 26. the rapid turnover of agnivirs in the system they are hoping will attract uh, people who are more technology savvy and therefore are more capable of handling you know the new kinds of equipment and modern equipment that is there they are also hoping to exploit some people from the uh, iti's and other technical institutes uh, what has not been stated uh, both by the military and the government but obviously which is a big factor behind the adoption of the scheme is the fact that at some stage maybe not immediately it is going to reduce the salary and pension uh, budgets and that you know could go into capital expenditure and further modernization of the three forces so these are some of the advantages i see also by picking 25% of the whole lot of agnivirs you will possibly get better quality people whom you can then train for your ncos etc and with our shortage of officers Uh, you know it's essential that we have better non commissioned officers uh, in the military so these are some of the positives there are concerns and i i think they are genuine concerns and these concerns are issues like morale and motivation uh, will people who come only for 4 years and who are looking possibly at the military as a stepping stone for a further career will they have the same levels of morale and motivation that are there among soldiers who are permanently within the within the military is it going to in some ways impact unit cohesion which is absolutely absolutely essential is the shortened training period good enough to turn you know a recruit into a, a soldier that can 
fit in well and function well within a unit. Uh, there are also, Vinkar, uh, in my view, different aspects of different services. Now, everybody is not going to face the same kind of conditions. So somebody who is, say, in a technical service uh, in a peace station uh, is obviously not going to face the same condition as somebody who is going to spend two to three years deployed along the borders of the LAC with an infantry unit. So how will these different conditions impact the army needs? Sure. Now, I know these are very intangible factors and therefore we are sort of assessing and saying some people are saying it could have an impact. Some people are saying it will not have an impact on operational effectiveness. It will not have an op on your operational readiness. I think it's too early to tell of whether it will or will not and how it will impact the operational efficiency of the military. So my suggestion uh, would be that uh, it be put through a test bed and not mm -hmm. it's too drastic a change and so we shouldn't think of it as permanent or some minor tweaking will do it let's look at a test bed see how it works and then uh, whatever lessons we learn from the test bed we can adopt i'll end here so just very quickly just a quick distinct to one of the points you said uh, you said let's see it as a test bed so wouldn't that have been actually a better way you know just looking back it's being rolled out wouldn't that have actually made a better you know, analysis of the whole thing and just to discuss the merits. Dinkar, very quickly, my suggestion is, you see, the government has said that uh, we are not going to roll it back and it's going to be implemented. I'm saying even if you do it in this manner, use the first four years as a test bed. Now, uh, you know, the argument that is being made is that, listen, the Raksha Mantri has the authority to make changes where required. But I think the approaches to what we are doing currently and to a test bed would be different. And I'll just take one minute to explain it. See, if we are already saying this is a transformational scheme, it is already going to change the whole, uh, you know, way we look at the military. Mm -hmm. If we are saying that, uh, you know, some facts and myths was sort of issued out that paper, that any impact on operational effectiveness is only a myth. If we are already making that assumption, then even if you make changes, I think it will be minor changes. If we mm -hmm. say this is a test bed, I think we'll be more open to major modifications where required. And I, I'm glad the vice chief today did say something similar, saying that, you know, we are looking at it for the first four or five years as a pilot project. So uh, I just hope they are serious and are able to make, view it dispassionately, not make mm -hmm. assumptions right from the beginning that, you know, we've gone into a scheme which is fantastic and that it has no problems. So look mm -hmm. at it dispassionately sure. as a as a sort of a test bed for the first four years. You will also get an idea as to whether you are able to absorb these agnivids or going out into a second career or not. You are sure. going to be able to see whether the training period which we are talking about six months is sufficient or not sufficient. Mm -hmm. So many of sure. these things will come out after I think uh, we do, we look at a four year sort of a period. So that that mm -hmm. would be my suggestion then. Thanks, sir. Uh, Avm Bahadur, quickly uh, coming to you. For the next question, so General uh, Hood has pointed out a series of possible concerns, and you know, which are very relevant from an operational point of view. So, in that, you know, say Navy and Air Force are very te technology intensive compared to the Army. So, how is that? I mean, for a person who is going to be there just for four years of that six months training, how will these short-term people coming in? You know, will they be able to really kind of get in tune with the high technology? platforms and equipment and you know the rigors of the job in that sense in the high domains especially in the air force and the navy 
what is how do you see that panning out thank you dinakar for getting me in the point is that when you're talking of a technology and you have studied something in your school or college or an iti and then you are absorbed into a military formation the systems that are there are totally different the basis the basics may remain the same and it takes a lot of time and with my experience at least 4 to 5 years for people to become of a with people who can be trusted to work on systems in their own individual capacity for 4 to 5 years you are actually under tutelage of a senior person so no airman no air warrior signs for his trade in the clearance form for an aircraft going for flight and similar thing exists for the radars the anti aircraft uh, the missile systems and things like that i am sure a similar thing goes for the naval systems too so at the shall i say ripe time of 4 years when he is ready to be exploited to his full potential you are asking 75% of the person, of the people to go and now you get a new lot coming in and you start from scratch and when we are talking of systems controls the air defense of the nation you can't put a, a novice out there so the person who would thereafter become a supervisor after 5 6 years of service he leaves so there's a lot of money and effort more importantly effort and knowledge as well as wisdom that is going back out of the system so this is something that uh, has to be catered for and since the, we've talked of a trial period or a pilot project or things like that in my personal opinion the initial lot that comes in should go into non critical streams of say the air force of the navy and same thing goes for the army to i feel let's see how the people respond and thereafter in the next lot or maybe from the third lot that's coming in you have more you have tweaked the system and then they come in and uh, you have modified the system to cater for problems or issues that may have come earlier for example we've done this we have been doing this the three services and the short service commission started so it was for 5 years increased thereafter in stages to 10 etc etc when the women's cadre started in the flying branch and other branches it didn't start in the flying branch incidentally it started from the ground duties lessons were learned which need not just be technical but administrative too so thereafter these have schemes have got modified and gradually is going on and we've been talking of theatrization if you've noticed nobody is talking of theatrization or tri services jointness in the last shall i say two months everything has got diverted to agnivir and agnipat what happens to theatrization that's a massive upheaval of the three services the way we would fight a war and now you are changing at the same time the people who are going to fight the war the, the process of recruitment i just hope uh, we really put our thinking caps on and regulate the flow of change shall i say of these two major steps that are being taken so i agree with general huda that pilot project or taking up issues taking them up in areas which are non critical is what should be done that's a very important observation i mean the amount of change that's happening 
the process of theatrization was a lot of effort went in and now we're trying to you know change the process of the entire structure of the recruitment so too much of change happening in services in same time so on that you know taking from there for instance the proposal the terms of conditions for the services state that apart from the other you know the emoluments the money and all that aside in the basic how they are part of the services itself it says they'll support a dist- the agnivir which will be a distinct rank and they'll support a distinct insignia distinctive insignia on their uniform in the duration of the service and once they leave also they'll be called agnivir and they'll only get the regular rank of a sipai once they come back say for the regular carder so this is actually a, a quite a clear demarcation say from the regular services while effort has been to state that there's no discrimination it's all the same so how how is that in fact from a motivational sense or you know for for someone who is coming for a short term how is that going to play out on the battlefield say especially say in where there is close association you know the camaraderie required in infantry and stuff then who if i can ask you to comment on this so dinkar i wish uh, i wish they hadn't done this so that's they've been saying that you know uh, there is absolutely no difference in the kind of jobs that they will uh, do in units uh, there is no difference in how they will be sort of treated having you know a separate insignia sort of signifies you know two class of soldiers in a unit and i wish that had not been done because uh, you you shouldn't make any sort of distinction that at this stage we have been quoting uh, examples of other armies in the world Uh, which army has uh, which has an all volunteer force and these people who are coming are also volunteers uh, makes a distinction so they've been quoting for example the us army saying that people come in for four years and those people who come in for four years are soldiers are, are in exactly the same way as, as anybody else so i wish these distinctions are not being made because when you do that even individuals within the unit will look at each other as a separate class and which i think is not good as i mentioned one of the key factors is unit cohesion and that comes in you know with a sense of common purpose everybody looks you know together at a sort of common objective everybody feels that everybody is equal to each other so that's something that i i wish had not been done um, uh, but avm bahadur is in fact written about it so maybe he can also pitch in on this sir if you have a avm bahadur if you want to make a observation on this yes there are this is you know the different insignia or a unique insignia actually hits at the very basis of a unit cohesion the armed forces are a classless lot classless you wear a uniform whether in school or in college or in the armed forces to remove all economic societal disparities you are one and here you have two people fighting two people say in the trenches the enemy is in front and you have one person wearing one side type of uniform and the other one has an insignia signifying him to be somebody who is different now that is not right let's face facts that within units when you're talking of the langar talk or when people meet out of office hours out of uniform issues will crop up and that is something that needs to be avoided like the plague so i feel this is one very simple modification that the government can do by removing this clause you don't say so and so squadron leader or major or a commander short service commission or he wears a patch yes. on his uniform that signifies him to be a short service commission person no mm-hmm. way 
So yeah. why? This is also like a short service tenure that he has got. Four years. The other person may be having the first short service commission. People came for five years. This guy is coming yeah. for four years. So why make him go through the ignominy of having a different insignia? That's not right. And I personally feel it needs to be removed right now. This is a very administrative thing, uh, which can be done by the government simply by removing this clause of having an insignia on an agnivir, because you don't have one for the short service commission, and also this different person, rank. Yeah, and and it's a different rank you are calling him. And in any case, when he leaves uh, after four years, you may call him agnivir, but he's not an ex serviceman. The rule yeah. says he's not an ex serviceman. Yes. So uh, I really don't see why this should happen. The one other really big concern, which quite a few, you know, this, uh, on social media has been debated about, is the issue of national security. I mean, you have young, trained, uh, military trained men. The pro argument for this is that you know it will send military trained people with military ethos back into the civil society. But on the contrary, the counter argument has been that you have military trained chaps who are out, you know, looking for a job. Younger chaps, 24, 25 years old. Yeah, longer term is. I mean, we there are a lot of veterans and uh, stuff. But then the question is, at this age, the, the age bracket you're looking at. So, how much of it is actually a real concern, or is it? I mean, is there is it a matter of, to be concerned about? General Huda, if uh, probably you can weigh in. Okay, okay, then so Again, this is my personal opinion. I I don't think it's as much a concern as is being sort of uh, made out. And to further allay this concern, and I know it has been made that uh, militarization of society, etc. Firstly, the numbers are not that much that, you know, we are looking at a huge militarization in society. Uh, there could be some elements who could be exploited, yes, they're weapon trained, etc. And I think to allay these fears, if you are able to give them some decent, honorable second career, that to a large extent, I think, would go and um, overcome these issues about how these armed forces, trained people are going to behave once they're out in society. So that's what I have to say then. Uh, if I can add, so uh, you must consider the fact that this person who's going out, 75% of them, uh, they are around 24, 25 years of age. By then, considering that they are from the tier two cities and villages, and we know how our society is, uh, the moment it is nokri milgai, the pressure starts for you to get married. And many, and it's a fact, around 24, 25 year olds would be married with maybe a child. And mm-hmm. then you're talking of villages, then there are those other issues of land, property, parents, etc., which are there. And you go back, you have lost your status, shall I say, of being a foji because you are not an ex service. When we are talking in terms of militarization, uh, you know, the, the, the pressures of a jobless existence uh, weighs against the ethos or the morality that you may have learned in those four years. And you really, that really stretches the elastic, the malleability of your, of, of your character. And uh, some may unfortunately fall for it, you know. So the point is that, as I agree with General Huda, that it is not such a big problem. But to say that there is no problem, I think that too would be incorrect. And the way out is we have, uh, you know, uh, the industry falling, uh, you know, over its heels, head over heels, saying that we will give them, we will give them. 
And uh, I like uh, Admiral Arun Prakash's uh, as reply to a tweet from one of the industrialists. He says, what have you been doing till now? Please give us stats. Even now, as mm-hmm. we speak, people are ex-servicemen are looking for jobs. So I think we have to move beyond the optics and statements uh, and uh, do something on ground to help these people. Uh, so we, are, uh, we have just about a few minutes left. So if I can quickly ask, just give a, say, your final observations or some on this. Anything you want to flag or close from both of you? General Hoda, if you will go first. Okay, Dinkar, I just want to sort of uh, uh, reiterate what I said uh, in the beginning. See, this is a very, very massive change that we have brought about in the whole recruitment process, how we are going to take people, how we are going to train them, how we are going to inculcate the ethos of the military, how long will they serve. This is a massive change. And for such a massive change to be adopted without testing, trying, I'm not sure there has been enough uh, discussion and debate even within the services. I know the service chiefs have been discussing it and the headquarters have been discussing. There has been discussions with the political leadership. Has it been debated enough within the organization at the level of commanding officers, company commanders who are actually going to be bearing the brunt of what is going to happen. They will have to deal with most of these challenges. So my suggestion, again, I reiterate Dinkar is, please put it through some kind of a test bed uh, and be open to massive major changes if and when required. As ABM Bhadra said also, you will probably find that there are certain areas, certain pockets, certain trades that are more suited for the Agnivids and some are not. So, you know, this across the board adoption could also be changed a little bit. So that is my suggestion uh, to the government for whatever it is worth. If you, Mahadur, you are uh, closing yeah, the yeah, the, yeah, there are, okay. uh, You know, we need to look beyond four years. Uh, the issue is that uh, the decisions have been taken by people at the top, rightly so. And when you're talking of the armed forces brass, all of them in four years would have sort of retired and left. And the not the repercussions, but the fallouts, if any, of both types, good and bad, would be faced by the next year of leadership with the military. I think they need to be taken on board in all decisions that are going to be taken now, the way the, the, way the, the scheme is going to be in, rolled out and implemented on ground. Because they are going to face, shall I say, the the proverbial music. And additionally, do we need to set up another organization to look after the people go out? We have the Department of Ex-Servicemen. And uh, there are enough cribs uh, from the the existing ex-servicemen against uh, the fact that nothing much is being done. Now, here you have a larger mass going out every year, younger lot. So do we need to beef up? Our systems, uh, our departments, our uh, Department of Ex-Servicemen, Welfare, Director General of Resettlement, and so many other such organizations to look after these young boys who are actually now facing the world once again after getting out of the cocoon of the armed forces. Thank you, sir. That kind of put the whole picture in uh, perspective and some really important observations there. I mean, I hope it's uh, taken positively by those who are implementing this. And on that note, thank you very much for being on this edition of Parle. It was a pleasure having you again, once again, on this show. Thank you. Thanks, Dinkar. Thank you, Dinkar.